Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we'll be discussing the draw with Coventry City, looking ahead to the game against Bournemouth at the weekend, and discussing a potential takeover. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals, and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, we're back. Yep, uh, nice to be back as well, Tom. Yeah. We've had a we've had a bit of a hiatus from this, <laughs> haven't we? We've had a not an office move, but a sort of shift around in the office. I think yeah. we've we've gone from two floors down to one. We've downsized. COVID, eh? Yeah, as in, yeah, <laughs> COVID and everything. So um, here we are. We're in a different part of the office mm. now. We've got the equipment out of storage yeah, dusted which was, it off yeah i think it was packed away somewhere and yeah we've, we've actually i've actually had a few people come up to us why aren't you recording anymore mm. you know so what's happened to you well we've still been out there we've just not been able to do the podcast recently yeah. we are appearing on video a little bit more often if you go <laughs> to lep.co.uk hey. and see all uh not lost we, it straight we, in with a plug we talk nonsense don't we tom on, on bar oh, on, yeah. on, on, video wise but that's expect anything else that's just talking to a camera but now mm. we're sort of well we're speaking to each other and we can hopefully speak to yeah if you're the north end fans we want to listen yeah to exactly and get any questions and stuff like we've got one from twitter today which we'll get to but uh yeah it was just nice to be back nice to be talking and hopefully get back into the rhythm of things uh we've missed quite a lot which we won't go back on we'll focus on what's going on at the moment and keep looking forward and get back into the swing of things as if we had been recording previously um so we'll start with uh, coventry city mm-hmm. uh a tough one to take yeah uh north end Drawing 1-1 uh, with the last kick of the game, Coventry equalised, two red cards, bit of a touchline scuffle. Um, Are you trying to depress me here, Tom? I've lived well, all this once. I know. <laughs> I didn't intend to when I started, but I've just found myself spiralling as I've yeah. explained it. Um, yeah, it, it all kind of came to life only in the last five minutes as well, yeah. really. Despite, you know, all the, the great following and, and North End generally playing pretty well throughout, creating chances. The Coventry keeper, Simon Moore, has been pretty much, I think, has been named in the team of the week for the championship. Shows how North End played on the day, but at the end, they only get a point. Yeah, it's sort of North End this season have been the comeback kids, haven't they? Mm. Uh, that's a, a Kasabian song we could <laughs> go into, comeback kid there, yeah, couldn't yeah. we? You know? I th- I'm pretty sure that's on the playlist on the way home normally, it sh- isn't it? It should be, yeah. Anyway, but we've been North End attended to, we've been writing a lot about them scoring last minute mm. goals, last gas winners or equalisers. Unfortunately, this time the boot was on the other foot, even more North End scored really late on. Yeah. Coventry's equaliser came, what? Eight, eight minutes into stoppage time or something, which we've got him. But as you said, the Coventry game, it, it, it was, um, it came to life in the, I think, the 84th minute. 
it was nil-nil there with 11 men on the pitch each. North ended had a sort of, not a ropey first 20 minutes, but Coventry were by far the better side in that opening spell. And then you could see North End started to play their way into it, got a couple of chances on the counter-attack. Ched Evans had a couple of shots saved, one across the keeper, a keeper pushed away, another one tipped it over the bar. Then in the second half, I thought North End were in the ascendancy without absolutely creating a great deal. They actually hit the post early in the second half. I didn't know at the time because of our view, Tom. Mm. I'm not saying we've not got 2020 vision, <laughs> but we're people in the way and things like that. But there was the head- header from Chet Evans. Mm. I watched it back on the highlights. I think it was Cameron Archer's cross got a touch on it and deflected up into the air. Yeah. And he got the headed down and there must have been a defender. I just assumed the keeper had uh, yeah, saved yeah. it. But it actually came off the post. And then as it came back, Evans was following it in. And their keeper did really well. He sort of, on the floor, swiped it away with his foot. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that was a good chance early second half. Mm. Then keeper made another one, a low save down to his left from DJ, mm. was it? And then Rab Potts, whose follow-up was blocked. And, yeah, so without absolutely dominating it, I thought North End looked the more likely. Yeah. 84th minute, Liam Lindsay... Um, not yeah. uh, striker he goes into the advertising hoardings whether he rolls into it or the momentum carries it yeah. I didn't think it were a foul I certainly didn't think it was a yellow card mm. and contact the ref, is minimal if yeah, there's any the ref actually had a long look at it and it's like didn't probably didn't realise he booked him I don't know but mm. suddenly the second the yellow card's out and then it's red and I, I just think the second I'm not, I've not got my North End bias hat on here but had that being the first foul in the first half, could you have seen that being a yellow? I couldn't. I, I couldn't, but I think I could on that day. With the because ref. the referee... Was Keith Stroud. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there he is He likes that. his cards. Yeah. And He's got history. A yeah. lot of <laughs> what seemed like first fouls. I know Josh Earl, to be fair, there was a few, so I could understand his. Liam Lindsay only committed three fouls in the whole game and God. gets two yellows yeah. and, and it gets sent off, which seems odd. Uh, Lindsay's first... He kind that of hit checked at halfway, and, and yeah. I feel like a lot of the time defenders can get away with one of those. I thought that was a booking, mm. but I thought maybe with it early on, he might have. Yeah, got exactly. A bit of, yeah, yeah. The, it seemed like the ones that you'd normally get away with, mm-hmm. it just wasn't the case on that day. No. And 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 uh, to be fair, he set a rod for his own back by doing it quite early, and did the give referee, some out to the, the Coventry, yeah, yeah. Coventry players as well. Yeah. But I think for the you know, generally speaking, I just didn't see yeah. his way of refereeing that necessary no. on the day. Four yellows, five if you count that two yeah. came for Lindsay. Um, yeah, four North End bookings, two Coventry's, a red card each. Mm. It wasn't a blood fest, was no. it? It was, you know, like no. it was. I mean, to be, I'll give Calamo hair credit. Yeah, he got kicked a lot. <laughs> he yeah. got kicked up in the air a fair bit, mm-hmm. but he is a but tricky player and it's going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. if if you're if you're that kind of player and you're not prepared to take a kick, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. know, it's, it, it's nature of the beast yeah. if you're going to try and but, skin people. But back to where we were, Lindsay goes for his yeah. second booking, two yellows yeah. and a red. I thought he'd been very good on the day. I thought he's been really good since he's come back yeah. into the side. Not always the most popular of players, had a bit of a ropey start to this season, but he was mm. solid at the end of last season. Anyway, that's yeah. I'll get off my soapbox there. <laughs> um, off he goes. Isn't think, that the point of this? Yeah, I know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no nil with 10 men, you think, 
shut up shop. Yeah. No, earlier North End had made the change. Ryan Lord made his substitution, taking off Josh Earl, left wing back. Put Daniel Johnson, who is a 947th player, to play <laughs> left wing back for Preston since December. And that's an accurate number. That's yeah, a scary thing. It probably is, yeah. I exaggerate. It's probably 800 <laughs> or something. No, but DJ went out to play at left wing back. Mm. Reese and Arch, Reese, who came on a sub for him, went up front with Evans, and he put Archer, Cameron Archer, in the sort of hole behind the the two strikers. So it wasn't quite three men up front, but it was like it was almost like West Brom when he played. He played two centre mids and and one in front rather yeah. than one deeper and two yeah. centre mids, wasn't it? And it was sort of, so it was an attacking change. And mm. having made that change, what he did when Lindsay went off, he just didn't put another centre half and kept it, you know, as as two centre backs. Mm. And, you know, maybe she'll pots back a little bit for a bit. And within probably, I don't think Lindsay would have reached the dressing room. He certainly yeah. wouldn't have got in the bath yeah, by yeah. the time DJ led this charge up the pitch, slid a lovely ball through to Reese to run through. He gets bundled over by um, Darbo, Darbo, who was on as a sub for them, who's a player who's always impressed me, mm. actually. And got a really good reception from the coach yeah, fans. Yeah, as had well. some injury problems, apparently. But yeah. he's, he's always, uh, you know, Reese went down. Enough contact for yeah. a penalty. Looked a penalty from where we were. Looked a penalty. I've seen it on the replay. It, it is, but it's it's bordering on the sort of... Right. Reece got the contact and went down. Referee points to the spot. Uh, Darbo gets a red card for denying it. You know, not a violent not really, He's not played no, the ball, no, has it's, he? No, it's denying yeah. a, um, a, a goal-scoring opportunity as last man. So he walked. Then we had the three minutes where two Coventry fans ran on at different times... The first ran on the pitch. Uh, the first got apprehended by about four stewards. Mm. The second guy runs on the pitch after that's happened, does a big loop of the pitch, manages to evade the stewards, who were hardly Usain Bolt, were they? Yeah. And gets back into the crowd. And, and his that. mates are there helping him, and they just leave it. Yeah. Now, oh, well, never mind. Yeah. No. What? Or, or you hope for, like, two villages have lost their idiots yeah. there. You know, like, so... The first guy was apprehended and probably be chucked out and end up with a banning order. Now, yeah. this guy's run all over the pitch. All the media photographers, all the coverage, you've got pictures of him. Mm. If Coventry can't track him down and find him to dish out a ban or the police have rest respectively, yeah. they're not doing the job. Yep. You know, so criminal offence run out on the pitch. While all this was happening, that lovely big giant scoreboard behind the North End fans had a big message on, <laughs> it is a criminal offence to go on the pitch. Mm. So action has to be taken by against those two you know, once with, with the second guy once and catches up with him. Yeah. Beside the point, they were trying to put DJ off, obviously. <laughs> DJ was probably the one man Good on the pitch you were not going to put off. Yeah. He would have been in the zone, probably the most chilled out guy on the pitch. Mm. And he did his usual penalty routine, which frightens me to death. <laughs> How long DJ's been taking penalties for now, I don't know, but probably best part of five or six years. Mm. But I still... He's, he's our best penalty taker. He's, he's superb of it. But my God, I still <laughs> get like the collie wobbles as he's yeah. like preparing for it. He just puts the ball on the spot, crouches down, but he sacks the goalkeeper, out the goalkeeper out. Yeah. yeah. But in that time, he won't care that there's like two lunatics running yeah. around the pitch, you know, trying to put him off. You know, we've had far too many Stellas and done whatever before the game. You yeah. know, like um, he won't he won't have mattered about that one little bit. Um, and then when three minutes later they get the chance to you know take the penalty up his steps keeper goes <laughs> the wrong way hand. rolls it into the back and DJ for a laid back guy his celebration was yeah. superb right over to the North End fans behind the goal 
jumps up, pointed in the air. Um, I think a North End fan came on the pitch at that point, which isn't great. Again, again, I'm, I'd be hype. I'd be, you know, hypocritical if I wasn't to mention that. Having said what I did about the two Coventry fans on, don't come on the pitch. Don't get this club a bad reputation on fan behaviour. You know, so. Um, I do think it's slightly different after a goal. Yeah, though, but because yeah, you can get a bit no, overzealous. But there's no need to run. You know, like just stay off the pitch. Leave that to the players. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, no no need to come on. Yeah, you might get over the barriers, but yeah. don't go for a little run or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one nil up. So penalty given in the 86th minute, taken in the 89th. Mm. Ref holds up. Fourth official holds up six minutes on the board. We do know that is the minimum time. Mm. So uh, I think. Where, where the where North End's a grievance is, and it's not really. It's more a, a moralistic thing rather than a a rule book thing. The mm. ref has to add on the time which he thinks has been lost, which he's done. He can't take into account the fact it was Coventry fans who run on the pitch, and so you know, like he's benefiting Coventry, but it has done, hasn't yeah. it? You know that that delay. That's the frustration. If, if the penalty had been taken in the 86 minutes, it should have been. There would have been sort of three three minutes stoppage time, three or four minutes at the most, maybe. Mm-hmm. As it was, it didn't. It went in. We know. I'm not going to get that into our argument. It's six minutes, and it should be six minutes. Yeah, we know that's that. not the case. It's not. No, it's a minimum. And they always no, say that there yeah, will be a minimum, minimum of, of six this minutes, many yeah. added. But it's it, always the case. It's just that that moralistic thing that yeah. it wasn't our fault that so much injury time was added on you know like yeah. uh, it, it wasn't a lot of it wasn't due to a bad injury or some of a yeah. player lying there with a really bad injury who needed care and attention and needed stretching off or anything nothing like that three of those minutes substantial minutes were because of pitch invasion yeah it grates yeah. that yeah. it seems like they're rewarded yeah. for running on running the pitch, on the pitch. Yeah. now I don't. I don't think a referee can. He has to thought. Well, we lost three minutes. I have to put, including my stoppage time, is that three minutes? Mm. He couldn't make that decision. Look, it was Coventry fans who ran on the pitch. They're chasing the game now. He, that 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 doesn't come into it. He's not allowed to do that. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to claim that. It's just just a bit of a sense of injustice. I give Fabio Tavares who scored. Whoa. It was an absolute corker of a finish. Bit unlucky from North End's point of view. Free kick into the box. North End got two contacts on it. I think Bambo got one of them and then it was headed away. Yeah. Just felt him on the far side of the box and he sort of chopped inside Brad Potts. And yeah. He put it in the only place he could have done <laughs> it to is beat Everson. Yeah. It, is an absolute it was an absolute finish. If that had been North End scoring it, it would have been, yeah. you know, worldy. We would have been reacting in the it same It is a way. moment you, you love football for, isn't it? Yeah. You know, well, no, 90 I, I, plus whatever and I, then he checks inside and puts it in French, the top Excuse me, French, Tom. I bloody hated it. Yeah. That, that, that 10 seconds or so. Yeah, I think I turned the air blue as I saw it going yeah. into the top corner because yeah. we were what, right behind yeah. it and what turned the air it. blue for me Tom was that when he came on you said oh he's a good player <laughs> oh, thanks Tom you know yeah your knowledge you go, respect your, him. your knowledge of under 23 Coventry players mate I tell you it's like uh, he played too much football manager but I, no it, yeah, was, it was well, a cracking yeah. finish from the boy mm. you know I'll give him that there was the odd, got good players Coventry they have they? oh I think they're a you good know, side to watch both the yeah. wing backs were very good yeah, I thought yeah. Martson and um, Kane Todd, Todd Kane who was yeah. on loan at here for, for in 2012 and then Graham Sky Wesley. Bet bought him for Blackburn yeah remember that yeah and uh, then fan um, won yeah. a competition it's not bad they're not, they're not bad equipped down that side are they when, when they yeah. take, Todd Kane I thought was one of their better players and then he, he, they took him off and put Darbo on you know so. yeah Calmo O'Hare's nice as yeah, well and yeah. he's, he's 
He's a yeah. proper number 10. He yeah. was causing loads of problems. They yeah. seemed to target Josh Earl as well, yeah. didn't they, at the yeah. start? And he was getting a lot of joy there. He did. Yeah, but after the goal, obviously, there was some argy-bargy on the benches mm. as well. Now, I think there was... Um, I thought Mark Robbins was quite strong and a bit condescending in his quotes after the match. You know, yeah. said Ryan Lowe hadn't reacted well to the celebrations. I think someone had made eye contact with him, which he didn't think he was right. He goes, as a young manager who's, well, he's 43. He's mm. a big boy, Ryan Lowe. You know, anyway, ended up in a nice big scuffle. Lowe ended up, I don't think Lowe was that involved in it. I think it was more maybe what he said, but he ended up with a yellow card. Yeah. Their assistant manager, AGB, Vash, got a card as well. The big grey hair guy yeah. stood there, <laughs> who I noticed Mike Pollock, North End's goalkeeping coach, who I know is no shrinking violet, mm. was stood in the way of at one point. Yeah. So maybe big old Polly there stopped things going a little bit further than they should have I don't done. Think I'd, I don't think I'd want to mess no. with Polly. To Polly's a really, massive. really, he's a great, absolutely great company. He's a real good laugh. I know him. I've known him for quite some time from my time covering Wigan when, when he was there. But I'll tell you what, he will stand up for himself yeah. on that. He's and a big yeah. lad. But like a yellow card for Lowe and their guy, he's not here or there. I think I think a manager needs four of them before yeah. they're going to get sent, before they have to sit in the stands for a game, which is unlikely. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. Um, but on to the performance, said, yeah. North End. Okay, I thought, yeah, yeah they play better. Yeah. But I thought they grew into the game. I thought 20, I was a bit fearful first 20. I thought yeah, Coventry, I was. Coventry were moving it well. They seemed more used to what they wanted to do. Yeah. You remarked to me during game, it just seems a bit hard work for North End, what they're doing yet. It seemed a bit effortless mm. for Coventry. Yeah, I thought as the game went on, North End really found a little bit of pattern. Maybe that's what happens in a game. You do sometimes have to grow into it. You know, sometimes you, you do like to come out all guns blazing and if you can score early doors, fantastic. But, you know, maybe it was in the game plan they knew Coventry with the home support would be right at North mm. End. I did notice, actually, that cuttingly we turned the kickoff around because yeah. while all the North End fans were down at one end of the pitch, I noticed North End had to warm up in the other half. Mm. And then when they came out, um, you know, before the game... Uh, you know, with the presentation and whatever. Then North End had to go and warm up, you know, back at the, you know, do the, just before kickoff, had to go back into the other half anyway. Because mm. Coventry in the corner next to where all the North End fans were, yeah. that's where all their singers seemed to be. Yeah. Behind the goal was quite sparse. <laughs> yeah, it was. All the fans seemed packed into that sort of down that side and around that corner. fans are around. So one set yeah. of fans are behind one net and the others behind the other. For example, yeah. the, the Kelly and the Cop, yeah. you'd want to shoot towards the Kelly second half. Yeah. But, the Coventry will want to shoot towards the away fans because yeah. that's where the majority of their loud oh, home fans are. On that corner, yeah. yeah so uh, it's a strange spot to pick. I know that you're next yeah. to the. I know you're next to the away fans, yeah. but mm -hmm. the corner is such a strange angle yeah. to watch the game from. Yeah, but it obviously works from anywhere. And after yeah. Alan Brown obviously won the toss and so yeah. and changed them around. Like, as Forrest, Forrest For did yeah, against yeah, us, yeah. yeah. It's strange to see North End. Going towards the cop in the second half, yeah. was it last week? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I wonder if teams are kind of clocking that North End do well towards the end of the game. Let's disrupt yeah. it, swap the sides. Maybe there's something in that. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought North End were alright. You mentioned Lindsay came in and yeah. doesn't look like he's missed a beat despite how long he's he's been out. I think he's yeah. been really impressive. Josh Earl had another tough tough time. I don't want to keep laying no. into him because I know a lot of people are doing that yeah. anyway. But I he thought, had a, a I thought he had a rough day in the first half. I thought he got a bit better in the second. Mm. And then I think it was time up when Darbo came on. And mm. North End were worried that he, Earl was on a yellow card. 
Yeah. They had, they had a very attacking... Such a silly booking to pick up as yeah, well, that, by yeah. the way. And they had a very attacking... With Darbo coming on, he was an attacking wing back. So, so they yeah. made the change, yeah. So. Pot's pretty steady again down the right side. Yeah, not as good as he was against Forrest. I, no. I thought he was superb against Forrest. I thought... Uh, Sepp was my man of the match. I thought he was excellent. I thought mm. that one when it looked like Waghorn had gone yeah. away one on one and he recovers. When you look at Sepp running, he doesn't look a speed merchant. He's got mm. a bit Bambi ish legs, but I tell you one thing, he covers the ground. Yeah. And I think. Because he, he caught up to him well, he, didn't he? Yeah, he got back, got mm. a, didn't have to slide tackle him, sort of got got across him, tackled him superbly, you yeah. know. So, so yeah, set, I, I didn't give him Starman just for that, but I just thought he was very good. I thought Hughes on the other side was steady as he as he has been all season. Unfortunate to give away that free kick yeah. at the end because he slips yeah. and he loses his foot and you see the ground come away and then naturally yeah. you're just going to grab onto the guy, make sure he doesn't get yeah. away. And I yeah. suppose you'd back yourself to defend the set piece, which they almost did. Well, they did. They got the first two contacts. On yeah. It, yeah. So so that's the defence. For Everson didn't have a lot to do, did he? No. Nothing. At, I don't think you know. If there was one shot, it was straight at him. Mm. A bit like the Forest game, really. Yeah. And then, you know, me Whiteman. Whiteman, they, they did okay, I thought. Yeah. Again, I thought he was very good against Forrest last week. Maybe not quite as good. Tell you what, I yeah. thought the midfield, though, when Coventry were on top, were passengers. Yeah. And they yeah. did, to be fair to that them, first I think 20, they did yeah. well to, to kind of wrestle back yeah. control of the game. They, ba- they, they got back into it, started to hold on to the ball a bit more. And, like, the two chances for Evans both came on counter-attacks in mm. the first half, involving DJ and Brown setting them up and sliding him through. So they started to get more into the game then, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then up front, I thought, Archer, it wasn't his game as much. Didn't get as much joy. Probably got more when he dropped off a little bit behind the two strikers. I thought Evans worked his socks off. Yeah. I know we say this all the time, but... He, he, he does hot, a pretty thankless job He does, times, yeah. He? He's, he gets battered, he gets bruised. You know, sometimes, you know, he, 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 he's... There were chances he had in the game where you probably thought if that had fallen to Archer or that had fallen to Reese yeah. on the you know, might just have sort of uh, been put away. So his fi- finishing at the moment's not quite as polished as it has been, but mm. his work rate and commitment and closing people down and you know And just how disruptive up, he is. Yeah, being up against a defender, you yeah. know, putting his arms there and everything. He, he must be very, very hard to play against. Yeah. You know? And it, he's he's getting close. Mm. He's just not I think I suppose at striker is about rhythm and stuff like that, and he's just not in a rhythm of scoring goals. I thought when he went, he, he kind of went through one on one on his left foot. I mm-hmm. think in the first half, yeah, that was a didn't re- pushed it up. Yeah, yeah he didn't it really up. look no. like scoring. He didn't he didn't feel yeah. like he had that conviction there, and that will yeah. come with yeah. uh, a run of goals, really, won't it? Yeah. He, he, the other the earlier chance had come down the other side of the box on a stronger foot, but mm. it was quite a t- quite a narrow and quite a wide angle, and he had to put it across keeper who made a good save. It had been yeah. the, the, those two chances have sort of been the other way round. I would have you know I would have fancied him on his right foot coming down the side of the box, but and he had that header in the second half, which you say hit the post. Mm. Um, I think the spin on the ball from Archer's deflected cross took some of the power off it, you know. But uh, Ben, when I thought. The subs who came on, Reese, I thought, impacted the game. Maybe it was a great run for the penalty, you know, like, uh, you know, um, re- really fast, got away from the defence, ran onto a good through ball and won the penalty. Mm. Uh, and the other subs were just in injury time, weren't they? Bambo coming on. And, yeah, it was a nice um, moment. Yeah, worth and, and Ledson, um, you know, just to shore up midfield, took, took Evans off and, you know, ultimately wasn't Ledson's fault or anything, but... 
it was you know after that after those two second substitutions mm. they conceded but uh, it was um, Steve Air off Radio Lancashire I uh, watching his post match video he made a good point about the Evans substitution he just he was wondering Evans is such a good player in the air in back in his own box as well mm. whether at that fr- maybe while it was a time wasting sub and he could understand it was it a good idea to leave Evans on, knowing that at some point, if Coventry were thrown the sink at you, they might have to defend a corner or a free kick at some point, and he's such a good player in the air. Mm. I, I can see where Steve's coming from there, I've got yeah. to admit. Yeah, and it, if nothing else, he'll probably help you get out a bit and, yeah. and just hold it up. But, I mean, he might still have lingering foot issues from yeah. his injury, and there's there's a lot to it, but I do agree that I think in those sorts of situations he's a, he's a great man to have mm-hmm. um, a point in the end uh, leaves North End in 12th mm-hmm. um, how many points off they are 7 points off the playoffs With 11 to go yeah Ryan Lowe was saying to us on Thursday's press conference ahead of the Coventry game that when he, he liked to look at things when you got down to the last 10 games mm-hmm. you know 8, 9, 10 games anyway the 10 game mark comes after the Bournemouth you know the Bournemouth We'll leave them with 10 games to play. And he said, if by then you're on about 50 points, it gives you another 30 to play for, potential 80 points. You're not going to win them all. But mm-hmm. if you can be sort of getting over the sort of 70, 72 point mark, who knows? Now, North End are going to have to sort of, if, if they're going to keep up with budget, so to speak, they're going to have to beat Bournemouth to reach the 50 point mark. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, which is not beyond the realms. North End do well against the top teams, but probably know a little bit more. That, but they, they are going to have work to do because there's teams ahead of them on points. And North End have obviously played more than any of the games. They caught up with yeah. the games very well. They had three called off over Christmas, but they caught up with those very quickly at the end of January, start of February. And so they're, they're sort of bang on schedule now. There's no outstanding game. The Everyone else has got catch-up games to play for one reason or another, haven't they? The six teams between mm. PNE and sixth place, including yeah. sixth, yeah. have all played two games less. Less, yeah, yeah. So you, you, yeah. you're expecting those top half teams yeah. to pick up points. Yeah. North so. End, you know, you'd like to think North End will get above some of those teams, but to mm. ask to get above six of them, yeah. it's hard work, isn't it? You know, yeah. that you're expecting a lot of, you know for other teams to drop that many points. Yeah, but, and, and some of them are in really good form. I think yeah. Millwall have won their last four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luton, who are in sixth, have won four of the last five. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is a tall... I mean, I wrote in the, the talking points piece for today's paper, Monday, mm-hmm. um, that it might just be a bridge too far yeah, this season. It might so. just be... Yeah. A li- I mean, and I'll mention briefly, we've got the, the question on Twitter, are PNE paying for the fact that they didn't get a left wing back? And I'll couple that in with it would help mm-hmm. and it's probably a bridge too far. But next season, if they have, say, two genuine wing backs and they have, um, you know, all the different options that Ryan Lowe may need, mm-hmm. then it's probably a better time yeah. to judge. But at the moment, this is almost a stopgap six month to, I mean, obviously, if, if the players were there, they're going to go for it. They've tried very hard. But it's more maybe a case of let Ryan Lowe get in, get settled, get his style across. Now you're six months ahead of where you would have yeah. been in the summer mm-hmm. and you can kind of kick on from there. Yeah. I think think with the left wing back, they do need one. Yeah. Don't think that's denied. Has it cost North End dearly 
has anything come down this side where you think if we had a left back, we wouldn't have conceded that goal? I don't or think that much defensively, but I think going forward, wise, yeah, I think they've been lacking a little bit. And mm. if you've got options from both sides yeah. and you can spread play, it creates chances for people in the middle. It ha- it can have a knock-on effect, if you in think, my opinion. If you've, I, think, I think one of the biggest losses has actually been um, Greg Cunningham, yeah. um, who wasn't featuring a lot under Frankie McAvoy, but he's, he's a player who... Ryan Lowe's placed a lot of trust in, mm. even though you know he's he's one of the older members of the squad. But Ryan Lowe likes a, a good solid pro, doesn't he? He's, he's said that to us a lot. Yeah. You know, he's a good solid pro, trains well, etc. Cunningham's come in. He's given him balance down that side. He set up both goals at West Brom. At West Brom, you know, he, he, he set him up, didn't he? Mm. And yeah, that's probably what North End have been lacking a little bit, you know, but. Um, but I think I think why North End aren't in the playoffs is not just because of that. I think no. it's because there's other areas. You know, you could point to Tuesday night against Forest. Well, you know, like Cameron Archer was one on one twice mm-hmm. and missed. You know, that that's one of the even reasons. Coventry not taking yeah. chances again. That's nothing to do with yeah. the wing back. The no, chances are still no. being created. Yeah. But ideal, but it is a position which is crying out for attention in the summer. Yeah. And yeah. Whether you know, could we got one in January? I don't know. The budget it was not there. Mm. They, they got Cameron Archer in on loan because they let Jordan Story go. Mm. They were able to get Bambo in because they let one or two others who they went out on loan, their wage contribution added up to getting, you know, not a not a, a huge wage for Bambo in. So yeah. cu- the cupboard was bare when it came to sort of bringing players in, you know, like uh, he had to wheel and deal. Because of FFP and, and yeah. things like that. Have they, yeah. the, mm-hmm. uh, recently, the announced the losses of about 13 million wasn't yeah. it and mm-hmm. you know everything contributes to that it does, there was sp- yeah. I can't remember now there was how much they were spending per 100 pounds yeah. on wages it was but it was last, like 150 la- pounds or something wasn't yeah, it it was more than that was it yeah. last last season's well the, the fine you know the, the financial figures were published it's the year ending june mm. last year so june till june uh, they spent twenty two million on wages at North End, which is a lot, mm. but it's nothing compared to some of the other clubs. Yet that twenty two million, as you say, is you know exceeds by a hell of a lot. Every pound which comes through that turnstile mm. or into the club, they are spending God knows how much more on wages. You know, like uh, yeah. so. I think Reading made a big loss. Uh, they those figures were announced uh, just over the weekend. I think Reading's wage bill for that same period was thirty-two million, so ten million more than North End. Hmm. You know that just shows what clubs are spending in this division. Yeah, so. I, I think twenty-two million might just about get you uh, Bournemouth bench. Yeah, probably. Who would do, are coming yeah. to Deepdale on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. You like, you like that segue. That, I like that segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he played um, Bournemouth on Saturday. Yeah, well, at the, at the it's funny you should mention that with uh, the cop being split again. Indeed, yeah, yeah. I like that. It I like went that. well against Reading. Reading. Yes. Yeah, well, the, the game didn't, but the, <laughs> well, the support did. I thought yeah. there was quite a bit of noise from there. It was nice mm. to have fans at both ends of the stadium, mm. and hopefully it's well supported again for for Bournemouth. And uh, is, there's another game as well, isn't there? Uh, like let's have a check. Uh, who's after it? Who's no, after no, it? Nice Blackpool. Yeah, one beyond that. QPR, QPR. Yeah, yeah. Later after the Blackpool. Yeah, ninth of April. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, we so, did so. our research. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Bournemouth are a very good team. They are, yeah. When but you got Ben, when you got Ben Pearson, who can't get a regular game there, yeah, that's showing you know that they've yeah. got a good squad there. Haven't who they? would get in most people's team yeah. of the century for PNE? Yeah, yeah. But um, PNE have won at Bournemouth this season. I was going to say that, well. yeah. When they were unbeaten at home, who turned up and uh, I think they were unbeaten and in beat the, them. They were unbeaten in the league, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They were um, actually. We, we were the first team and went went yeah. down there and won two one. You the know, mighty so. PNE. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bournemoth, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, second in the league, they're pretty safe from the the playoff places now. They are two points clear of Huddersfield, who have played Huddersfield. four games more yeah. than Bournemouth. So it is pretty much a two horse race. They can get within three points of Fulham, who are top of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, th- as I said, they are a bit good. Ben Pearson can be- can can't get a regular run of games. They've got loads of players that. Um, wouldn't look out of place in the Premier League mm-hmm. and to top it all off they signed five on deadline day just to strengthen the squad a yeah. little bit um, and shows that injuries can hit though because we signed Kiefer Moore mm. who you thought would have been a stellar signing from Cardiff and he, he broke a metatarsal in his foot uh, he came on as a sub and I think he was only on the pitch three minutes and he, mm. so he's out at the moment so yeah he also just, brought just, in yeah. Cantwell Sariki Dembele yeah. you know the, 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 from, they brought in a pretty much a whole forward three uh, fact, front yeah. three didn't they and then you know at the other end of the market they, they brought in young James Hill from Fleetwood yeah. down the road from here been linked with North End in the past his dad Matt played for North End for a long time so a lot of connections from up here he's, he's, great one, player. he's one for the future yet they, they were able to spend about 1.6 million on him yep. you know, so, yep. uh, it's not bad to have that kind of money knocking about yeah. uh, they also signed uh, Freddie Woodman mm-hmm. uh, who's <laughs> despite uh, is it who's the goalkeeper is it Travers or something mm-hmm. uh, who Mark has Travers, been yeah. yeah who's had a, a brilliant season and you can bring in Woodman who's been in the playoff final with Swansea yeah. mm-hmm. and just yeah. sit him on your bench yeah. which is madness but it shows you know like if you've got the parachute money mm. if you use that obviously this is second year Bournemouth for down isn't it so yeah. They'll be wanting to make sure they get back this time. They didn't get back first time around, mm. up to the Premier League. Um, and I think sometimes it shows that if you don't get there first couple of years, it, it then turns into a race against the clock because your parachute money runs out after three years. Yep. And as we've seen, clubs who ha- don't get back up in that time, who don't yo-yo, that's when they tend to sort of get caught out and then start to slide, don't they? So Yeah, Stoke have uh, kind of back yeah. on an upward curve having had a bit of a rebuild and, yeah. and being a bit lower but you in the think season, of the other the clubs you know like Reading like they mm. were in you know they're now towards the end of the you know the bottom of the table and yeah and Huddersfield years. have been for, yeah. a, for a couple of years yeah they've having to recover again aren't they yeah. so yeah so but so it's a I think with Bournemouth it's a speculate to accumulate sort of you know accumulate speculate or whatever yeah um, yeah Get me metaphor. You're up against up. Uh, Dominic Solanke, who's got yeah. 20 goals this season. Yeah. Mm. But I know I keep moaning to you about it because he's, he'll score most weeks. And I'll mm. say, he's really not. I, I don't want to. I'm going to touch wood here because I don't want to just jinx PNE where he puts three past him at the weekend. But mm. the chances he's getting, he should be scoring yeah. even more. But la- yeah, but that's not, that's not dressed Bournemouth up as Real Madrid. Here. You know, mm. a very decent side. They've got a good squad. But. North End, you know, the, the, the they, won down at, once. they won down at Bournemouth last season and this season. Mm-hmm. They drew with them at home last season. So, and, and something about playing that sort of top group of sides seems to bring the best out of North End. Yeah. That, Always has. Yeah. Oft, often has. Even I can remember going years, years back to when I was a kid, you know, like it was sometimes you'd have an absolute cracking result one Saturday and then next you play a team much lower down and it was like oh yeah very much I, I'm the, the same like I show. remember it yeah. was pretty it was like seasons 
multiple seasons in a row where whoever went up and mm. won the league, PNE will have beaten that season. I remember yeah. they did it with Wolves when they first went up before obviously all the, the money came in recently. I think it had been like Mick McCarthy or whatever. Um, they beat them that season. It, they, they just seem to have that about them. Yeah. But it's all, almost that underdog... Um, you know, prove people wrong sort of mentality. Yeah, yeah, they come up against, you know, they got uh, a draw against Fulham, they've beaten Bournemouth. Huddersfield is a bit of the outlier, isn't it? They've lost and Lost and drawn, drawn. Yeah. yeah. Well, lost against Rovers, QPR. Lost down there. Not played them yet. Yeah, not played them at home yet. Luton at home. Beat them 2-0. Yeah. So that's the top six. That's I just keep going down a little bit more. Right, so, so Sheffield United, two draws? Two draws. Two draws. Two draws yeah. uh, Middlesbrough beat them away. 2-1 here on the last game of the season as oh, well. okay. So, yeah. uh, Forest lost and drew. Drew, yeah. Uh, Coventry one won and, and drawn. drawn. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Millwall away, they what? drew. Drew down there, 0-0. Yeah. yeah. They're not playing play them? No, I've got to play them up. Uh, there you it's, go. It's so the like, Monday. To, no. Good Friday. Good Friday against Millwaddy. Yeah, that's at home and then yeah. we're away to Fulham, Fulham when with take, no trains. We've taken the trains off all weekend, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And then below that is West Brom. Yeah, who we got four points off. So, yeah, yeah that top group, then you think Reading have done the double over as we're down there. <laughs> yeah. Derby got a nil-nil draw against us. Yeah. Did beat Barnsley. Yeah. And then who else is that over to? Uh, Cardiff the beat. Uh, they've beaten us in the league and in the cup yeah. so far. So, yeah. yeah. Pretty rotten against the sides lower down, and yeah, uh, and hold stuff north end four one on the opening day. But we won over there, yeah, recently, yeah. So yeah, but there you go. That's there the championship, go. I suppose, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. absolutely mad, absolutely yeah. random as hell. Um, but I suppose you go into it. I'm confident. I, yeah. I think let's go into it. Have a really good go at yeah, it. You know, Ryan Low will. You know, be aware of what the threats are. Um, but you know, let's go and give it a go. There's, there's nothing to lose. Between now and the end of the season, either way, really, it, yeah. I think Ryan Lowe kind of hinted, I think, at the possibility that when he gives up on the playoffs, mm. there might be a little bit of, of toying around I'm with this team. Yeah, yeah and mm. I, I think it's because they're aware, basically, they're not going to go down. No. And if you're not going to go up, mm-hmm. you might as well try and get yeah. things in place for next season. And, and Yeah, we'll like wait that. till mathematically, but you know, like there's... There's experimentation which can be done. Mm. Um, you know, he'll want to give Bambo a game or two, I would have thought. Yep. You know, he want, you know the, the clamour oh. with some fans for Ellie McCann. Yeah. Um, um, that, that's grown, you know, that's grown. That, you know, why is he not playing something? You know, there's a couple of people on Twitter I talked to who were laying the entire blame at all these doors on the fact that Ali McCann's not playing, which mm. I find a bit... Strange. He's not one to change the game by himself. Is no, he? he's not. No, no. He's so a very, not. very good player, Ali McCann. Yeah. But you think, if anything, he might be more of a sort of alternative for Whiteman in de- yeah. a deeper role rather than as one of the two really bombing on attacking ones. You know. Yeah, so. and uh, Ryan Ledson's also a very good midfielder, yeah. mm-hmm. but yeah. he's not been able to get in the team either. So it's not that it, it, it's not that. It, He's purposely not going with Ali McCann. No. Brown and DJ are, are doing very well in there. Ben yeah. Whiteman's doing well as well. Yeah. How do you change it? There's been times where I thought he might have because mm-hmm. they, yeah. they had an, an off game. Yeah. But I think with Ryan Lowe, it takes more than one off game to, to lose your place. He changed the midfield. He had, he had to change the midfield quite a lot. When D, DJ went away no. for three games with Jamaica at the end yeah. of the month. Now, he, he surprised everyone at West no. Brom by putting uh, Ryan Ledson in with... Yeah. with um, 
with Brown Whiteman, and Whiteman, and Whiteman mm. we all expected McCann to come in and they went there and dominated midfield and won 2-0 yeah. um, then again There's Bristol City at home I think he went he went with same again yeah he did then at Millwall he, he put McCann in didn't he mm-hmm. uh, on that Tuesday night game and then he had McCann in again against Hull when DJ was back from Jamaica but was on the bench because he just flied only just come in and McCam, I thought, had a really good game that day. And then he ended up at right wing back again, you know, towards the end so that DJ could come on, you know. Yeah. So so he has a look at it. He's not, he's not, he's not got McCann sat there out of the team yeah. all the time, you know. Like, he even uh, started his first game at right, at yeah, right wing back, yeah, didn't he? So yeah. he's not against trying to, to no, get him in. It's I just, just think not it's a tough area of midfield, a really. Mm. Tough area of the squad to get into. So, yeah. But I presume at some point he will look at McCann as well, you know. So uh, yeah. it's good when you've got those options, when you're not scratching around going, who do I put in this week? You know, yeah, like, there's, yeah, there's proper there's proper depth there, isn't there? Yeah. Which is good. Um, we'll move on mm-hmm. to a potential takeover. But before we do, I do want to mention, um, and obviously because I don't want to end on this uh, quite a sad note, but the, the passing of Eileen Booth oh, as well. Yeah. Uh, that a lot of people obviously know. I mean, you go anywhere near her, you'll know about her. Yeah. She, she, was a, she was quite a crazy lady and so infectious and such yeah. a, a nice person. But I think it's worth just, you know... She was a huge North End fan, Eileen, mm. wasn't she? Um, always went on Coach One. Yeah. Um, That's my, that was one of my yeah. favourite memories of going on the coach as a yeah. P&E fan. It's just her going up and down the coach yeah. and just... Bringing yeah. it alive. It's so crazy. so much so that when she was first taken ill a couple mm. of years ago, I think they renamed Coach One Eileen. Yeah. You know, for for a few Temporarily, games. Temporarily, yeah. And then I think we, we we kicked into the pandemic era, so you know, fans stopped going. But uh, it'd be nice, I think, if Coach One is always called Eileen's coach. Yeah. You know, the officials, you know, the club coaches going forward, and every every North End fans will know about it. She, uh, um away matches towards the end of the season her and a group of friends will turn up dressed as in fancy dress at, at Bournemouth on the last game of the season in 2012 and Graham Wesley was in charge she was like running she, she had like these jockey's outfit <laughs> on and so you know with a sort of horse attached to it and she was running up and down the touchline on on that so she just wanted to brighten up and if you ever went to one of those fans forums at Deepdale <laughs> it's one of those occasions where these fans forums used to get the top table of Peter Risdale, Alex Neal, or whoever the manager was at the time, and a few directors. Mm. And fans would ask a few questions, you know, not wanting to ask, you know, one or two would come on and be quite bombastic. One or two people would sort of tentatively ask a question about are oh, the corner flags the right colour and everything like that. And then Eileen would just stand up and ask a total random question, but it was absolutely hilarious. And she, I know she had a, a very big passion for John Parkin, <laughs> ex offence striker. So um, I know we tweeted about it when he heard the sad news over the weekend. Mm. But no, it's a, it's a sad loss. And um, gent- it'll be Gentry Day soon at yeah. some point. I don't know where they've picked yet, but... That's one occasion where yeah, her and she'll and be honoured. She'll be honoured as well, you know, or the other North Enders sadly no longer with us, you know. So, yeah. but you know, if, if Eileen's family and friends are listening, sort of, yeah. um, our condolences, you massively. know, she, she, she will be massively missed. Yeah. We call people characters a lot, but she really was. She, yeah. she really, I liked North brought, End's yeah. tweet that yeah. they said they broke the mould when they made it. She was brilliant. You know, we're, we're, all, we're all quite the same, aren't we, when we sat there at North End, but Eileen wasn't. You know, <laughs> no. we're, 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 you know as a human race, we are In the quite, best way. We are quite similar, aren't we, at times, but not, not Eileen. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, God bless her. I hope to uh, sleep, sleep tight and, yeah. you know, 
she'll be watching us. Yeah, I'm absolutely. sure watching that team, making sure the uh, and she'll be enthusiastic as anyone for you know to for North End to drive on. Yep. Um, we'll move on then to a, a potential takeover. Mm-hmm. Uh, PNE Chris Kirchner is the man that's that's been linked. Replying to a few people on Twitter was involved yeah. in the potential takeover at Derby or had bid for it and. And uh, well, from what he was insinuating on Twitter, it's probably a bit difficult with administrators, all that sort of stuff. Being linked with PNE, from what he put out on Twitter, it seems like there's talks and it, it's relatively concrete. We don't know a lot about it. The club put out a statement that there's been plenty of interest, I think, just to kind of, you know, it, it, to, basically to say it's not just him, it's not yeah, just. Didn't you say know, a lot that statement, did yeah. it? Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, it weren't. I thought I read that statement and didn't think. Yeah, I don't think. Well, like, where did that take us at they, all? They've addressed know, so. it. Yeah, it, it's going on. Yeah, there's about as much as the statement did, yeah. I suppose. But I think, yeah, it's it, it could could potentially be the dawn of a new era. Who know? You yeah. know, this is a a big thing. A foreign, you know, an American business guy, foreign guy bidding for the club. You know, this is mm. or if he is bidding or in talks with it. So, um, it it could be. You know, it could be a whole sea change for all we know. You know, going forward, yep. if it succeeds or not. You know, yeah. So. It, there's obviously going to be concern and optimism. Mm-hmm. Um, we better cover both sides. The optimism, I suppose, is you've seen clubs get taken over. You always go to someone like Wolves, who got took over, completely changed the way they sign players, and now yeah. they've you know they've been in Europe, things like that. That's always the hope. I don't yeah. think you're ever really going to know. There's concerns about how much money he actually has because in America they don't have to report. Same business, no. Yeah, so it, it's yeah. difficult to kind of find as such how much he's worth, which would put Preston fans' mind at ease. But like you say, it could be that he comes in and, and fires them into the Premier League almost. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you look at it, it's... Uh, it's change, isn't it? No one likes change. We're all as much as people have been calling for yeah, it and all we're that. We're all, you know, like... You know, it it's not it. just football fans, it's just generally in life, mm. isn't it? It's sort mm. of uh, changing your gas and electric supplier <laughs> sometimes is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. here we are. We're looking yeah. at our favourite... New phone contracts, yeah. nervous. We're looking at our, you know, our favourite football club and we're thinking yeah. what could happen here. Now, yeah. I think of PNE's ownership. For the last 10 years, it's been... Trevor Hemmings and since his passing the Hemmings family over the last few months you know as a whole before that it was Derek Shaw at the head of the Friends of PNE organisation you know there was three or four of them together there mm. before that it was a Baxi partnership local firm got involved very much out the blue Just it, that just happened in about 1994 and then the era before that in, in, in sort of ownership it was it was local business guys involved Keith Leeming was chairman Malcolm Woodhouse was heavily involved Alan Jones, you know, like three guys sadly no longer with us who sort of with a big traditional board of directors used to sort of put their own money in. You know, they were local guys doing well. They ran the local garage or the local accountants or whatever. And it was a, it was a very different area. That's how Preston's always been run quite mm. locally. And then now there could be this potential of a foreign ownership, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, an American thing. You know, an American ownership, I think, would make people feel a lot better than maybe from other parts of the world at the moment. The yeah. Lots of suspicion about the Far East, as mm. about the Middle East and the Far East, with what's, you know, various clubs. China used to be a big backer of football, but they've rolled back on it, haven't mm. they, because of the amount of money leaving their club. Oligarchs are obviously 
off the table and not, you know, a big no no. Yeah. You know, so who knows, America it could be that sort of where tech's where, the future, I suppose. Yeah, and yeah, if he's tech, if yeah. his mm-hmm. business is tech, you'd think mm. it's gonna be sustainable and he'll be able to keep the fund. Yeah. The big concern obviously it's kind of timed with the releasing the, the financial situation. Mm. Does he have thirteen million to put in every year minimum? Which is, yeah, which was no offense loss, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. that, that's the thing, you know, like when you when whenever a, a company is bought or a football club is bought, you'll have an asking price. Mm. But obviously, you've always got to ask yourself, well, that's the asking price. That's just to get all of the club, you know, get the keys to the stadium. Then after that, you've got to start. Well, how much? How much money does it take to run a club? And that's where yeah. that's where your deep pockets are needed over. You know, over the course of a year, switch the floodlights on. You know, mm. like the electric bill for the floodlights is God knows how much. You yeah. know, just, just just little things like that stack up. But then the big thing is the wages. Yeah. How much are you going to, you know, put into the team in terms of transfers? You know, like a transfer pot, etc., etc. And that that's where that's where your money comes into it, isn't Especially it? Especially you know? when North End are already on the brink of financial fair play. Yeah. So. He has to bring more money into yeah. the club if he wants to invest in yeah. the club as well. On the brink, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're right up against it. I think, you know, like the, the amount of losses have made over running for a year period puts them below it. And I think there's now new provision for claiming yeah, back on COVID. COVID. So I don't, but they're not exactly, yeah, but what about once upon a time they were well under, mm. you know, they're the, 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 the looking at it, but I don't think they're in danger of breaching it but it's, it's still you know like it's a balancing act to do so yeah and obviously playing devil's advocate the the last thing you want when the consistency of of trevor hemmings and the hemmings family mm-hmm. is you know or you it, it's difficult because you see it a lot at other clubs yeah. at some point and, and ownership yeah. ownership going wrong and thankfully yeah. so far north end have not been that club you look, no. at, you look at derby you look at wigan or, or mm-hmm. teams like that i know that's quite extreme but that is always the fear, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, but, but at some point, the will you, we always knew that the Hemmings family would not own the club. At, you know, at some point they yeah. would sell. When when Trevor Hemmings was alive, you know, we we always knew at one point he would sell. Sadly, yeah. he passed away before it was sort of in his hands. You know, and now now the controls passed to his family. Now it's up to them what they do with it at the next stage. But at some point, it will be passed on, you know, like uh, that do, that happens, you know. So. Do you think PNE fans would be more confident going into a potential sale to, say, Chris Kirchner if Trevor Hemmings had been the one to sanction it and look over the new buyer than the, the, than the family? No, no, because... I- I know I think it's the same because I think I think mm. you know like Craig Hemmings has been involved as a public figurehead on the board you know chairman for yeah. since 2019 there's other members of the family involved in it as well and I think I I, put, I wrote a piece over the weekend about they are the sort of family safety net they are no offense fans safety net I think they wouldn't want to sell off the family silver so to speak to someone yeah. they didn't trust you know like Trevor Hemmings wouldn't have done it he, you know, it had to, if he had sold it, he'd be going to someone who he trusted, and mm-hmm. I think they got the same principles, the same morals. And the the club mm. has been available for some time, not for sale, mm-hmm. but if the right if the right yeah. offer came in, even when Mister Hemmings was alive, yeah, the, if the right offer came in, the the yeah. you know the club would have changed hands. This is no the minute he took it over in two thousand and ten. Mm. I think he said, you know, 
it's here to clean it up, you know, to tidy up the edges, to get the finances back on track. And if anyone wants to come and take it off his hands, yeah. it was there. So you you always are, you know, probably probably in the last sort of 50 years, the only time it's probably not been up for sale is when um, the Baxi partnership were involved, mm. you know, the how how they got involved in it and they redeveloped Deepdale, they built the squad, didn't they? And that was a time... You, you know, they weren't looking to sell it, but eventually even they did, you know, mm. they decided to replenish it. And Derek Shaw, who was involved, you know, had been vice chairman under Brian Gray. He formed the Friends of Deepdale to buy it. And when Derek was in charge, it was always, look, if there's someone with deeper pockets than us, mm. please come along for the good of the club and take it off and try and move it onto the next level. It's a very attractive prospect, I, I think, think Yenny. Yeah. And I've said this for a while, mm. the fact that they've got such a good training ground and uh, such a good stadium, mm. no debt, and it's all yeah. owned by yeah. the club. Yeah. You've got everything that you could want yeah, there as yeah. a potential investor, in my a, opinion. A lot of the time when when people are buying a club, a lot of it sadly is buying clubs when they're in financial difficulties. Yeah. So you you're often buying the club for a sort of very low amount. You've heard of some clubs being sold for a pound, haven't yeah. you? But what you're where, taking on the debt. Yeah, because you're taking on a massive sort of what what you'd normally pay for the actual club. You're mm. taking on all that debt and you've got to clean it up. So suppose whoever comes in, if someone's going to buy it off them, they've got a clean club. Yeah. No external debt. The debt, w- the debt is within to mm. the Hemmings organisation. You know, it's not not to the bank. They've, no, you know, I know mortgages on stands have been paid off over the years. So, you know, there's no one knocking on the door. There's like, the inland revenue aren't there knocking on the door with a big big bill or yeah, anything. It's know, almost so. if you come in for those other clubs, you're kind yeah. of starting below the ground, aren't you? Yeah. Whereas mm. for PNE, you're starting firmly at, at a ground level and you can kind of but it's, push it, on from but there. But it's still difficult because they're in the championship. You know, yeah. like the most attractive proposition for any owner is a Premier League club. Mm. If you can buy a Premier League, like New, they've gone into Newcastle and like turn the fortunes <laughs> around there. But it's um, you know the championship is that competitive beast. Yeah, you've no guarantee when you take it over where you're going to be able to yeah. take them. Think you know, of the money Fulham and Bournemouth yeah. have spent, and they're yeah. not they're not really you know, away, you know yeah but, as such. But you know there's that potential there. If you're in the championship, you're only one promotion away from the Premier League. That's with it. All the money that brings. That's you. the windfall, yeah. isn't it? That's, that, 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 and that's the risk many that's take. The attraction, that's, yeah. that's the risk mm-hmm. Derby took. Yeah, they mm-hmm. spent a lot to. And they got very close. Yeah, a lot of clubs have done that, haven't they? You've yeah. splashed it now, yeah. Yeah, but that's the danger. But it's taken something like COVID to sort of bring it all back down to a sort of not a level playing field, but mm. pinch, you know, people are suddenly feeling the pinch and thinking, well, we, c- we can't be paying that anymore, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. But well, I guess uh, yeah, we will see. It's a watch this space job, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to follow anyway, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, and especially if he keeps replying to people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more we the more we get out of that. Mm. Um but yeah, I think that's that's about it, Dave. Anything more to add? No, no, I just think um it's nice to be back having a chat yeah. on this, isn't it? And uh, a, yeah. a rare occasion in the office. Yeah, and Bournemouth on Saturday. I'm looking for I say I'm looking forward to that one. Mm. I, I do um I'll you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see it'd be, see how we do against you know a side who are likely to get automatic promotion. When mm. it's another side who were sort of um, who were in the running you know, in that clutch of playoff clubs, there ones who were sort of pulled away from it. When North End went down there and won in November, it was under a different manager, mm. under Frankie, a much different style. Much different Thought they style. got a spot on that they day. Did. To be fair. They, they sat very deep. Um, and oh, they counter attacked and got two great goals on the counter attack mm. and could have got another one. You know, full credit, they got themselves in the lead, 
got pegged back quite quickly, but then had the you know, had it about them to be able to go out yeah. and get a second. And you he know. made an incredible save. He did at the end, didn't he? Yeah, he pushed that one out and then uh, it was and a follow-up it. save. Yeah, yeah so, uh, but it'd be interesting to see now Ryan Lowe's approach to it, much more attacking. He's not going to be one who's going to sit back behind the ball and then counter, especially at home. So uh, that'd be really interesting how they do. It'd be, be nice to see Ben Pearson as well. I hope he starts. Yeah, because... He came back late last year with Bournemouth. Of course, it was behind closed doors. Then. Yeah. It was in March, you know. So he walked out, and there was, you know, there was no one to applaud him or jeer him or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 he will get a good reception yeah. before the match anyway, because he's Ben Pearson. You know, yeah. we all loved him, didn't we? You know. And there was also yeah. a video I saw him on on Twitter not too long ago, where he was, I think he was out on a night out, and yeah. he was like. Three to, what was it three years at Bournemouth and then I'm coming back to yeah. Preston as well. Doing pot world at the time, <laughs> yeah. or, or other establishments are available yes. in the town centre. I must point out, yes. but I'm sure when he comes out to warm up, if he's in the squad, he'll get a warm round of applause from the North End fans. Yeah, kick off and if he starts or if he comes on as sub during the game. He's, he's an opposition yeah. player. I'm sure he'll do enough to antagonise the crowd yeah. anyway, naturally. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to put him to one side, don't you? Yeah. But no, he, he, he was a good servant for North End. Must admit, I quite enjoy watching him do a, a Cruyff turn, uh-huh. you know, or two. Because that, that's all he used to do, didn't he? Get on the ball, Cruyff turn, he's away. Yeah, and I, I just loved his passion when he was with the yeah. club, you know, and his... Um, you know the the, the the hair, the beard. You know, like like he'd been dragged through a head backwards. You yeah. know, trying. But All no, he served North End well. I think it was just a bit of a shame that how it got with the contract situation. Mm. It got to the point where Bournemouth got him for an absolute steal mm. compared to what he was worth. You know, like, I don't, I think, the quality of player. Yeah, yeah, probably paid all in a package less than five hundred k for him mm. when. At some point, you could have got five, oh, six, seven, eight million for him at least. Yeah. You know, like yeah. full potential. That's the story for another day. Yeah. You know, like, um, but no, no. But, but we, we'd be nice to see him back. But hopefully, he's coming back and he's on the losing side. Yes. Yeah. And a we'll, nice we'll, round of applause for him. A nice welcome back. Yeah. Polite, but, and then yeah, but we, we hate you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then at ninety minutes, when he when when the game finishes, then you, then you, again you can show your appreciation. You yeah. Know, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Tom Sandals at said underscore LEP and at LEP underscore football for daily PNE stories. At go to lep.co.uk for more PNE content. There's always stuff in there. And buy a Lancashire Post because there's daily PNE stories in there too. But all that's left to say is uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.